I want to start this hour of the show with a question. Uh, do your kids sometimes come out with stuff that shocks you? Uh, basically, our middle daughter, Thea, yesterday announced out of the blue that she hates gravy. Absolutely hates gravy. Quite shocked by it, I'll be honest with you. Uh, because, like, her, her older sister, Erin, I remember when she was a little kid, you do, like, kids love, like, a little roast dinner sometimes. You used to get her a little mug of gravy with a spoon and she'd put it on her own roast dinner. It was a lovely thing to see. And I, I don't want to overstate this, but gravy was a, is a big part of our lives, our house. I love gravy. I'll have it on as many things as I can. I put on Twitter and I love condiments, but someone's pointing out that gravy isn't a condiment, isn't it? Uh, my partner, Katie's from Northumberland. She has, she's one of those people, one of those northern people that has gravy on her fish and chips. I think that's a step too far, but I admire her love of gravy. So I don't really know what to do. I imagine this a little bit like when, uh, you know, someone's kid says that they want to support a rival football team. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what are you supposed to do in this situation? And just imagine for a second, folks, and there's probably people listening to this right now, and this is what you do, but imagine a roast dinner without any gravy at all. That's a future I don't even want to contemplate. So I guess my, my question to you guys uh, this afternoon, this evening is... Am I able to intervene on this or do I have to let nature take its course? Do I need her to just sit there and eat a load of dry roast dinners and she learns the hard way? Or is it my parental responsibility to, to interject right now? What would you do if your child said they didn't like gravy? Uh, I am a big board game geek and one of the top board game designers, Mr Mark Hermans, tweeted to say, Bush, is this the hill you want to die on? I'm afraid, Mark, it is. I need to do something about this. How, how do you deal with this situation? Should I intervene? Uh, Zoe says it will come back around. It did for my son. Stay strong. You can get through this difficult time. Hashtag love and prayers. Appreciate that. Uh, and, and conversely, Andy says, uh, every Sunday we have a roast dinner. I have a bowl instead of a plate with gravy two inches deep. My wife is the best. So that's the joy that gravy can bring. Uh, parental advice or just any form of take, hot take on gravy would be great. Listen to this text that's just come into the show. And this, this kind of sums up the love that some people have for gravy. It says, Bush, I'd bath in gravy if I could, but I don't think the pipes in my house could hack the level of thickness required for a good gravy bath. What a text that is. And that shows the, the, the passion, the commitment to gravy. That's why it's such a shock that our middle daughter, Thea, three-year-old Thea, says she hates gravy. And I'm quite gutted. I need to know what to do about it. Paul in Leeds, though, says... I don't eat gravy. I like to keep my roast dinner gravy free. I just cover it in brown sauce. What a heretic. And we've got Bez on the line with some tough gravy advice. What do you want to say, Bez? Look, to be totally honest with you, I think there's so many different gravies out there. You just have to knock out a different gravy for dinner. Eventually, she'll find one she loves. Right, so you are you suggesting, Bez, that uh, she's just not had the right gravy yet? 100%. How could you not like gravy? I know, this is it. This is the whole thing. It really, it's been keeping me up at night. Um, what other types of gravy are out there? I'm just trying to think of the other types. Stan, you've got your chicken, you've got your beef, you've got your veg, your very normal ones. <laughs> yeah, any other it's ones? Probably not. <laughs> you don't want one of them. Mix it up, throw a few spices in there, a couple of herbs. Get out of the box a little bit. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I, I'm the same as you there. I feel a bit disappointed. I was trying to think of other gravies, but there is literally just those three, isn't it? I don't know. If I Google it, I reckon there's probably loads. <laughs> Good man. That's great advice. Thanks, Bez. No worries. Roger says, I was devastated when my five-year-old middle child said he didn't like my world-class gravies. Put that in brackets. Uh, he wouldn't even try it. And he'd eat his Yorkies naked. I secretly started dipping the base of his uh, Yorkies into gravy gradually more and more as the weeks went on. And now he loves it. That's like weenie. 
meaning. Isn't that, I love that. Uh, Kay says, in our house, we've invented oops gravy. I was making a chicken gravy one day, but accidentally poured in chip shop curry sauce instead of chicken granules. Now, every time I make a chicken gravy, I add a cheeky sprinkle of curry sauce granules, and it's a game changer. Man, I'm going to do that. Uh, we've got Suzanne on the line now with controversial views of gravy. What do you think of gravy, Suzanne? I hate it, and I have ketchup with roast dinners every week. <laughs> oh, my word. This, I think in, uh, maybe in like the 1600s, this would have been witchcraft. Would it? No, I don't think so. I just think people haven't tried it. Right, so let's just let's get to the bottom of this then. You don't why why don't you like gravy? Did you get into not having it or you just never never took to it? I just never took to it. So I just think you need to leave your little girl alone. Let her have it without without <laughs> gravy. And then what you tell me about the ketchup thing then. So you got ketchup on the side and you dunk in like roast chicken in ketchup, etc. Yeah, and sometimes mix a bit of horseradish with it or mustard and it's even nicer. This this is genuine witchcraft, Suzanne. I'm gonna have to terminate this call. <laughs> This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Right, time for the Hometime Film Club. Every week, one of you guys gets in touch and asks for a steer from the Hometime audience about a movie or a type of movie that they want to see. Love this email that's in from Dan and his girlfriend Amanda. They say, guys, uh, we are both huge Bruce Willis fans and we are gutted to hear the news this week that he's retiring. Uh, we want to watch a Bruce Willis film tonight in tribute to his amazing contribution and we will watch the one that the Hometime listeners think is the best. Lots of love, Dan and Amanda. So that's a tough one. He's done a lot of films, Bruce Willis. What do you think is his best work? He's been in a load of great films. Do you know what, weirdly for me, right, one of my favourite things of all time is The Twilight Zone. Not, not the black and white, like, 1950s ones. They did them, like, a, a second load in the 90s. And they had them on DVD. You used to watch them late at night if you're getting back from the pub and stuff. Just like little short, weird stories. And they're absolutely brilliant. I love them. And there was a load of, like, actors and stuff in them that then went on to do bigger things. But it was, like, their first job. Uh, and Bruce Willis was in a Twilight Zone episode called Shatterday, where someone else uh, takes over his life and he starts to fade out. And it's one of my favourite ones. And then he went on to do loads of amazing stuff. So I know that's not a movie, but that would be my recommendation. So how are you going to help Dan and Amanda out here? In your opinion, and go slightly off the beaten path here, what do you think is the best Bruce Willis movie of all time? Uh, Ian and Milton Keynes says, here's a Bruce Willis curveball, moonlighting the TV series from the 80s before his action hero Die Hard fame. That's a really good point. That was massive at one point, wasn't it? Again, I would totally accept TV series. You can watch a box set on Netflix or whatever, can't you? Uh, Bush, the best Bruce Willis film is 16 Blocks from David Wigan. Never heard of that before in my life. Uh, Wayne's Gone for Fifth Element, which is a great sci-fi, such a great film. And then a load of requests, uh, suggestions for this movie, which again I haven't seen, uh, called Looper. Toffee Dean, fellow Evertonian, says Looper's a great film. Our producer Adem nodding his head as well. He thinks it's a good movie too. What, in your opinion, is the best Bruce Willis movie ever? Tracy says, got to be Unbreakable. And he started that with Samuel L. Jackson. Nice, tight little thriller. Remember that, Dr. Glass? It was that Darren Anderson? Aga from Bedford says, um, it's got to be Death Becomes Her. His performance is utterly ridiculous. But the whole movie is utterly ridiculous. And it's easy not to pay attention to him in the Goldie Horn Meryl Streep sandwich with Isabella Rossellini topping. All right, Aga, mate, calm it down. Uh, Adam says it's not the best, but one of the last great action films of the 90s. The Last Boy Scout is a classic. Uh, we've got Kira on the line. What, in your opinion, Kira, is the best Bruce Willis movie? I can't pick between Armageddon or Die Hard. Do you know what? I, I, I'm a huge fan of Armageddon, and I remember getting absolutely ribbed by people not that long ago by saying I really love that film, and I was quite hurt by it, really, because it's, it's a lovely kind of tearjerker in many ways, isn't it? It's a brilliant movie. I've seen it about 20 times. 
And, it, and, and it's got great music, it's got an emotional end, and he's a great character in it as well, don't you think? It does, yeah. It's like, well, he kind of looks a bit like my dad. So <laughs> at the end of the movie, when he's talking to Liv Tyler, and he yeah. says, I know I made you a promise, but I, I'm not going to be coming home. It just... Must get you every out. time. It does, it really does. Oh, and what is your dad's first name? His name's John. John Willis, there you go, just virtually Bruce there. And then you, you mentioned in Die Hard, that's also another great, um, not just one film, but uh, is it six? Was there six Die Hards? There has unfortunately been um, five diehards. There should have only been two. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This is a little bit of a, a bit of a cuss towards uh, Bruce at the end there. Okay, but we'll definitely take your suggestion. Armageddon's got to go on the list. Brilliant. Thank you very much. <laughs> Julius says Fifth Element has to be my favourite Bruce Willis film. Sci-fi, comedy, drama, romance. It has it all. Uh, Ian says Red, which I've not seen, or Lucky Number Seven. A lot of people saying actually Donkey goes for Sin City, which I'd forgotten about. That's a brilliant film. Uh, Nicola emailed earlier in with a great suggestion. Nicola, what film were you going to go for? Um, I said Hudson Hawk because I had it as a game as a child and it's a bit of a random one. Right, so I, I've never watched Hudson Hawk. Is he like a detective? Uh, he's, I think he's a cat burglar from what I can remember. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> OK, so that's cool. Are we, t- we talking 80s or 90s here? What kind of era is this? Oh, I think probably 90. 90s. And then you said you had it as a game. Yeah, on um, my dad's Amiga. Brilliant. So your dad had an Amiga, you were playing Hudson Hawk. What was involved in the game? Like side-scrolling, uh, jumping barrels or something like that? Yeah, exactly that. Sort of just right to left. Fantastic. So your vote for the best Bruce Willis movie would be, of course, Hudson Hawk. Yeah, we'll go with that one. <laughs> and what's been so good about this is the amount of different films I've never even heard of that he's done. A uh, lot of love still, though, for the, his TV work. Karen in Coventry says, not a film, but I grew up watching Moonlighting, which was Bruce Willis at his youngest, hottest and best. Uh, Norman in Romford says, Last Man Standing is another great Bruce Willis movie. Never even heard of that one either. A lot of love in the room as well for Sixth Sense. That's the movie that Andy's recommended. It's a great film, isn't it, Andy? It's just a great film where he plays a great part in it and and it's left till the end of the the, the point where everybody realises, oh, he's the ghost. Just a fantastic film. Now, when you were watching it, right, I had no inkling at all when I watched The Sixth Sense that he was a ghost. I know this is a spoiler alert, but it's a pretty old film now. Come on. But uh, I had no idea that he was a ghost. Yeah, yeah, I was the same, Bush. I was like watching it thinking, what's what's the little kid on about? But yeah, fantastic film. Great. Do you know what, for me, one of the, still one of the scariest movie uh, moments ever in a film was the bit where the kid's under the blanket and then the, the other little kid pops up at the end uh, of, of his bed. And I was just making the hairs on the back of my neck actually stand up even yeah, thinking about it. Yeah, it's, it's something to watch late tonight. They need to be wary of that. But it's, is it a spoiler if you tell them to watch it? No, no, not to. It's got to, you've got to watch it. It's a great film. So that's another good suggestion. This man has made many, many great movies. Many, many great movies. Before we pick uh, our favourite Bruce Willis movie on the Hometime Film Club tonight, just a brilliant little uh, email in from Sarah in Wiltshire, uh, hometimeandabsoluteradio.co.uk. Love to hear from you. She says, after a shift at Stansted Airport, three friends and I decided to drive to London for dinner. Uh, we were all around 17 or 18 years old at the time. We ended up outside Planet Hollywood, but the streets were packed and there were security guards everywhere. We asked them what was happening and they said that because it was the first year anniversary that Planet Hollywood uh, of being in existence, a celebrity would be coming along. We didn't think we'd get a table but it turns out most people were there just to see the celeb and not eat. So we were seated after a short queue. Then in strolled Bruce Willis who went around all the tables, delivered a speech and at the end he said, and I'm going to buy you all your dinner tonight. So essentially Bruce Willis bought my burger and chips. He then served cocktails and drinks at the bar. What a guy he is. I think I'm going to go for only because so many people, so many people have given this movie love, and I've never seen it before, uh, and recommend it to Dan and Amanda, 
Hudson Hawk. That is the Bruce Willis movie we're going to go with tonight on the Film Club. Thank you so much for getting involved. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Good to have you company. Hope you're enjoying the show so far and it and it sounds all right. The reason I ask is that um, I'm having a sight out of body experience today whilst this show's going on. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago I said that I came back from the opticians with the damning news that I had to have varifocals? Well, today, folks, today's the day that I've picked them up and I'm wearing them right now. Um, so, yeah, I, from, a, from a partying sense... My days are well and truly done and dusted in terms of being, being a force in the nightclub scene. You can't go nightclub in if you've got very focals. Simple as that. And they haven't been nightclubbing for ages, so that's kind of fine. Uh, the other thing is, in terms of my vision, this is something I wasn't expecting. I know when you get a new pair of glasses, you feel like you're floating a little bit. But at the moment, if I look forwards, I'm absolutely fine. But if I happen to look down, even by a few degrees, I feel like I'm falling face first into the carpet. What I'm trying to do is get a certain number of biscuits reclassified. Let me explain. Uh, biscuits are a treat, yeah? When you, have, when you have a, sit down in the evening or whatever with a cup of tea or in the daytime, you think, oh, I'll just you know, have a five-minute break. You have a biscuit mainly as a treat. However, I think there's a certain collection of biscuits that aren't treats and they're used in slightly medical uh, environments. Let me explain one further. Uh, my other half, Katie, constantly buys, uh, without my knowledge, malted mil- milk biscuits. Have you have you tried a malted milk biscuit? It's the, the worst kind of biscuit in, in, on this planet, uh, along with rich tea and bourbons as well. The reasons I want to re-kind of classify these biscuits is I think they're what I would describe as giving blood biscuits. Uh, so the kind of biscuit you would have on a plate with a glass of room temperature squash if you were giving blood in a porter cabin somewhere. Uh, so if we reclassify them, they'll no longer be known as normal kind of fun party biscuits and they will be, from this point onwards, referred to this, you know, uh, medical equipment, a little bit like PPI, that kind of thing. So if you support my uh, my campaign, quite a few people kicking off about malted milk, but I think that's just nostalgia and people are not really speaking with their minds and seeing sense on it. If you'd like to join my campaign, drop me a little tweet now at Bush on the radio and let's get malted milk, rich tea and bourbons reclassified. They're giving blood biscuits. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, we've been asking you to head to absoluteradio.co.uk to register to play. You'll also find the full terms and conditions there as well. Uh, someone who's done just that is Sarah, who's on the line right now. Sarah, how are you doing? Hello, fine, thank you. Uh, it's your weather where you are doing weird stuff right now. It is. It's sunny at the moment, but we did have snow earlier. Isn't it weird? I went to the seafront with our uh, a ten-week-old uh, yesterday. Went down to the seafront with her, and it was nice and sunny. Felt like we were on holiday. And then today, it's like uh, the Arctic or something. What is going yeah. on? I oh, know it's crazy. Crazy. Well, listen, let me tell you the rules for this game. We want you to win some cash. Uh, because Sonic 2 is all about uh, Sonic versus the baddie Knuckles, it means our game is all about speed versus strength. So you've got two options for you to win up to £1,000. Option one, answer five questions in 30 seconds. For every question you get, you get uh, £200, uh, and that's the speed option. Or option two is strength. Uh, answer one really tough question to win a thousand pounds. You've got ten seconds on the clock, and we've got to take your first answer. Which one are you going to go for, Sarah? I think I'll go for the five questions, please. Going to go for speed. Good on you. We're going to put thirty seconds on the clock. Are you ready to go? Yep. Here we go. Chris Martin is the lead singer of which band? Coldplay. Yes. Who played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley? In French. Yes. What is the highest mountain above sea level? Everest. Yes. Who was the first person to walk on the moon? Ooh, Neil Armstrong. It was indeed. And a final question. In which country is the Great Pyramid of Giza? Egypt. 
Well done, you. We don't even need to get to the end of 30 seconds. You've bagged yourself the full £1,000, Sarah. Well done. Oh, my God. Thank you very much. Uh, great to have you on. How would you be celebrating now that you've bagged that cash this evening? I think I'll have to treat my family to a takeaway tonight. Save me cooking. Lovely job. And what type are you going to go for? I think it'll have to be Indian. What is your go-to order, by the way, Sarah? What do you normally go for? For me, it'd be a Rogan, chicken Rogan. I've never tried that before. Do you think I need to give it a go? You do, definitely. It's amazing. Well, I'm not made of money like you with your £1,000 swanning around left, right and centre. I'm very chuffed for you. Well done. It's all thanks to Sonic the Hedgehog 2, starring Jim Carrey and Idris Elba. And it's in cinemas tomorrow. The Daily Takeaway. Russian Richie's Daily Takeaway.